So let's begin. And then, so last week we, we looked at the data. And so we may, I guess, do if you want, we could try to read in that transactions data and see if we have any better luck. And then I could, you know, try to save it in a better format for you. And then, and then roughly the, the plan today was to, to talk about APIs. So I've put together a handful of public APIs that we can use and, you know, we can make requests to. So let's, um, you know, why don't we just jump in? Well, how about you, Charles and Jake? Which would you prefer to start with? Here is David. Oh, there's a, a good amount. Uh, not an excessive amount. A bit. Uh, good morning, David. Morning. Because I have 32 gigabytes in both my machines, and that was, like, not enough. Um, do you know how large, like, the, the actual file was that you were trying to read in? just take a, a quick look at that here. Let me just condense some of these things here and then. Might be just the editor. Now I tried like two different editors. Really? The, the main problem is, is that pandas won't read it in. Oh. But if you open it up in notepad, does it, does it, or a text editor, does it expand like that? You know, I haven't tried reading it using a text editor. I've been using a you know, like a CSV reader. I, w I would try it with Notepad, something that just reads text, and it isn't supposedly specialized for CSV, um, and see what happens. That would help isolate whether or not it's the editor or whether it's something to do with CSVs. I've, I've never seen that occur with just Notepad. So, I, I just... For five minutes, uh, we'll just take a quick look at it. So here, I'm going to drop some um, links in the chat, chat. And so these are, you know, the data links. And Jake uh, is new here. He's, uh, he's my .NET developer. Um, oh, awesome. So uh, I don't know if he's on the audio or not. but uh, I'm here. Okay. Good morning, Dick. Good morning. And then uh, I should have shared this last time. Charles was smart to bring this up. So this is the the data guide for the data. So so we so that so you know the fields that we're looking at. Okay. So say one more time. You were looking to read in the transfers. No, the um, inventories. Oh. Okay. Two gigs, so it should be manageable. Well, it is zipped, so you're gonna. It's gonna uncompress the zip file, and it'll probably get bigger when you uncompress it. 
How big is the CSV after you uh, unzip it? It's like 24 or 26 gigabytes. Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll look at this maybe at the, at the end of the presentation. So we'll just dive straight into to APIs, and then you know maybe at the end we'll see if we can't have any luck <laughs> luck parsing that for you, Charles. So so some of the things I wanted to share with you today. You know, first, just wanted to you know just spend. So here's the agenda. So I was just maybe going to do five to ten minutes of introductions, but. It looks like we've got the the usual crowd here, you know, plus Jake, and so, so, you know, it's good to see you all. And then I guess real quick, Jake, you said you're um, a developer, and then, yeah, and then could I just ask, do you have any particular interests in in the field of cannabis data that you're looking to? Yeah, we're, we're interested in developing um, an add-in for Acumatica's ERP. So that all the touch points um, for the growing and manufacturing processes uh, can all be uh, uh, have all their IDs captured from the API, and uh, and then be able to send the information uh, back to the state through the API as those transactions are occurring. So we sell that particular ERP software. So we know that side. Uh, Jake's done a lot of development within the uh, application in C Sharp. Uh, so we're just kind of looking and exploring uh, how we could potentially build something that would let the ERP system do everything that growers and processors need it to do, including the communications um, with the state API. Excellent. Kind of behind the so that's kind of a where he's working on a, a major project right now for an investment asset accounting within our ERP, but that's going to be, we're going to have minimum viable product on that pretty soon. And then he's going to be looking at developing this next big product of ours uh, for the cannabis industry to allow us to target uh, cannabis growers and manufacturing or processing plants. Well, you're, you're in the perfect place and you know, we're glad to, to share as much as we know. So as you hit on, APIs are used by almost promote by pretty much every state that's adopting a cannabis program. So it looked like, for example, Oklahoma was maybe going to go without, and then they adopted metric recently. So, and then I put a list of states here to watch out for for public data because these are states that that are at least making efforts to start providing public data, even if at the moment there's the infrastructure is still in development. So for example, Washington, you can watch, there's, I was just pulling it up over here, but, um, But we'll, we'll dig into some of these. Others. So Washington has a Socrata endpoint. It was rich with cannabis data, and it they've recently announced that they're going to have efforts this year to start populating more data there. So you know something you know something to look look out for. 
And then one of the ones that's up and running, well, so we'll, we'll stay tuned. Okay. But one of the ones that is up and running is we have the, the pesticides from Oregon. So, so this will just be, you know, a quick example of, you know, how you can get data through Socrata. I'll put the link in the chat. And so it, it seems that a lot of these states are adopting Socrata for sharing their data. All, you know, slowly, but slowly but surely. And so, for example, here's an effort by Oregon to share their pesticide lists. And so this is a public API endpoint. So really, if you hit this URL with, you know, any programming language or even in the browser, you know, you should just get a big dump of data. And then, so that's not too meaningful there in the browser. So what we've done here is we'll start a new file just to, to do everything fresh here. So we'll go ahead and use the request package for Python. And then we'll be hitting the, the pesticides endpoint. And we use requests.get to get that endpoint. And then a couple tools that you could potentially look into using if you're not, not trying to um, A tool recommended to me was Postman, so you could look into using Postman, um, but just for this tutorial, I'll be um, sticking here in Spider. Okay, so you'll know you'll get a successful response if you have a 200 status code. And so then you can then get that actual data. And so this is just going to be a giant list of dictionaries. So just so we can, you know, clean this data up and save it to Excel, because I should have mentioned the um, the point the point of this exercise is, you know, basically we're just trying to get as much cannabis. 
Here I said lab results, but we'll just generalize to data. So our goal is to get as much cannabis data as possible from public APIs and then save it to Excel or, you know, your favorite database, right? So that way you can, you know, make it useful to yourself. All right, so we'll need pandas. And then what I'm doing here is you can turn a list of dictionaries into a data frame by simply passing it to pd.dataframe. And if you look at the data, because that's the, fir the first rule of data science, look at the data. So if you look at the data, you'll see that everything's in cap all capital letters. So just for the, to save people a headache, you can check out the link here to Stack Overflow where we're basically just turning everything to title case. So that way the data is, is prettier. And so then we can save that to Excel. And you have a nice list of pesticides that may be used on cannabis products. So these, are, so essentially if a cannabis producer was going to use, you know, Velifier, then they're going to, they're going to want to know what the active ingredients are and watch for those. So for example, if you're using anything with Azera, you're going to want to watch out that your products don't fail for pyrethrins when being tested. I think flour may not have a limit on pyrethrins in Washington State, but concentrated products would. So if you're growing products that are going to be getting concentrated, then you would pro you may want to you know be careful with your application of any pesticides with with active ingredients that you're trying to avoid. So that's just a, a quick look at those pesticide data points. And just to go ahead and show you one more API, just for fun. So this is an API that I've put together that allows you to get lab, actual lab data. So at the moment, you can just get information about particular labs. So I'll put the link in the chat here. 
Okay. And so we're going to do a similar thing where we're going to get the data. So here's the labs endpoint api.canlytics.com slash v1 slash labs. We're going to use requests and then we're going to get the JSON. So there are about a hundred and so I have a hundred and forty or so in the database at the moment, and then I've got a total of two hundred and twenty-five that I'm looking to add. So if we just look at this data, so we're returning a dictionary and the dictionary has a single key of data which has all the lab data so what does it look like in full a big messy dictionary but you can get particular so that's just a singular so we can look at it a slightly nicer way and so this is a singular lab. So, you know, with, you know, what's their name? You know, so that's peak analytical. Um, I, I think you can get things like full address. I forget. Uh, it's formatted address so that way you can get the full address and then I think there's even some nifty data points on here so I think I've got yeah so for some of these labs I've gone ahead and geocoded them for you and then when possible I've got their website their image or a, a link to their image and then you know their phone number where, uh, where possible and so you know these are things that you know these labs would like public so you know it's on their website you know they, you know they want people to get their phone number so so this is just a, an easy access way to to get this data and then once again you can just dump it to Excel so that way, you know, you have a nice, you know, you have a nice list of all. And so these are all the labs that test for cannabis um, in the, in any given state. So, so, you know, if, if you're looking for labs in Washington, you know, you can, you know, you can, you know, you know, you can find essentially the general information about these labs. Um, 
And so stay tuned because the idea is, um, you know, to gradually build out this a API endpoint to provide the actual lab results, which we were working with in the last exercise. And this is a public project, so if anyone wants to, you know, to, to lend a hand, you know, you're more, you're more than welcome. So, so that's that endpoint. And then just to just sort of show you just a, a myriad of some of the possible data points out there. If you go to If you go to Socrata, you can find, you know, just lists of public data that can be accessed all in, in similar formats. Um, so, and then do the pesticide data. Oh, yes. Here is an interesting, so I'm just going to share these API pot APIs with you, and then we can maybe spend a minute to talk about the, the Washington State APIs or any other traceability system that you may be interested in. Yeah, and, and I was thinking about it too. We'll, what we are probably going to do is um, in the uh, Acumatica ERP, we're going to add custom columns. To their data for the we'll probably still track our own ID numbers but we'll create an extra column which will be the state ID number um, for all of the different records whether it be vendors or you know batches or um, you know plant plantings um, all of the different things that we're required to get ID numbers from we're probably going to store in separate columns and that way we can support different states, right? So if we have a column for the Washington ID versus the California ID versus the Colorado ID, then we can build our APIs, you know, our connections to each of the different state APIs depending on which state um, that they're in and leave the others blank if, you know, because we can have a setup option that says what state they're in. Well, awesome. So let me put this on pause for one second and then I'm going to grab my tea and then we can dive into this leaf user manual. <laughs> I like it. I, I'm going to grab coffee. So All right. A good coffee break. Awesome. <laughs> Let's grab tea. One second. Also, 
I'm a paranoid guy who believes the grid is going to become more and more unstable in this country. So I, I went out and got a uh, natural gas powered standby generator for our house. So even if, yeah, even if the power does go out, I can still be online helping clients as long as the uh, as long as we don't have like the 10.0 earthquake that uh, takes out all the gas piping. You know, breaks all the gas pipes. We'll be fine. That's. I can't do anything about that, though. If the 10.0 earthquake comes, we're pretty much all screwed. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. So thanks for bearing with me. Just I noticed the tea was boiling, so I had to go get that. But but cheers. <laughs> cheers. Ah, good so, so all right. What we were looking to see is, is if you can give us an example of how you would connect to their API and get back an ID number for, let's say, something as simple as a vendor, right? We're adding a vendor. Um, we need a, a state vendor ID with the state of Washington, right, assigned by their API. Sure. So? How, how would we call and do that? I'm assuming there's some kind of authentication piece first. Ooh. So uh, so, why don't you, or unless you want to, can, um, yeah, you're right, there is an authentication piece. So, why don't we jump into this documentation and okay. we'll, we'll go through and you can hit me with some bullet points and I'll just sort of mock an API request. And then, okay. and then I was, I was trying to, I, you know, so I learned about Postman just for, hitting API endpoints, but uh -huh. it looks like you can actually mock API endpoints here on Postman. So, really? exactly. So if you would like, you know, I didn't have enough time to get it prepared for this week, but we'll go start going through the document, the, the, the leaf traceability system okay. API here. And essentially, gradually build a, a mock API here for, you know, for the leaf data systems because, because okay. we've, you know, we've got the, the data here. So, you know, it would maybe be cumbersome to do a full like you like a full mock but you know you could potentially take a you know random sampling out of okay. all out of all of these and because all, these are essentially all the endpoints right these are all the things that are having to be reported right so if, if there should be a vendor one there um, so let's just scroll through the, the last time I documentation there was something here but I could not could not get through it um, okay. so, so yeah so I'll, I'll kind of just give you a brief overview here and then like I said over the you know the course of the next couple meetups you know I'll essentially random sample these and we'll essentially create a mock 
a mock of the Washington State API. That way, okay. that way, you know, people, you know, that way, exactly, people like you who are building a company to interact with the traceability system can get right. some, get some practice in um, and figure out how to how to do things. So, so okay. So, what is the the the, the traceability system? So you know, so essentially, they're tracking things from from when it's planted to when it gets sold. So I may send you a diagram of this where I've written on it um, because there's some interesting things you can add to this. So essentially, every would the user would the users be like vendors and. Other, other other people that you're interacting with? Good question. So okay. everybody who uses the state traceability system creates users. So, okay. so all licensees create users. So that would be the retailers, the producers, the processors, and the labs. Okay. And then... Once you create your users, you essentially, you create what are called areas. So you're basically creating a blueprint of your lab. So... Kind of like a warehouse uh, having locations or bins within a a warehouse, maybe. Exactly. And so... they. this is for traceability purposes, so uh-huh. so you don't want to trip yourself up because you know these are things that you define. So you know if you're a retailer, you know you may have the front room, the back room, or right. or if you're a wholesale, if you're a producer, you may have flower room, veg room, or if it's a large right. cultivator, they may have flower room one. Flower room two, veg room. That's what I'm familiar with. Uh, I worked with Tilray back when they were first getting started, um, and that's what they kind of had. They had a whole bunch of different rooms um, for different stages, and 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 this is and this is a word uh, of wisdom: is always prepare for multiples. Yeah. Even if it's a small company and they may only have. one user, one area, or even one licensee, there's, there are large companies out there. So always be prepared for multiple. So be prepared for multiple licensees. Just, just, yeah, so that's the big yeah. one, multiple licensees. That's okay. the trickiest, that's the trickiest thing to prepare for. Uh, but if you can handle that, then you're golden. So, and then this is where I would like to to start making some notes because essentially... Well, we could just do an add of an area. We could, I mean, once we spec out the process for submitting your area and getting back a state ID for that area, I'm assuming that's how the API works. because they've got to keep some unique identifier for each of the records you're 
Ooh, so, before we get head over heels, why don't we essentially... So, unfortunately, we won't get responses, but I can still show you how to set up the requests. So, okay. so that we way... Can do that with, uh, with anything, I yeah. guess. Well, let, well, that's exactly... So, we'll just start from... We'll start from the beginning <laughs> and just awesome. and just yeah. work our way up. So okay. let's see if we can't split this up nicely here. And let's see if we can't get rid of this bookmark thing. All right, so how I would do it in Python. So, of course, you're just going to need to the base endpoint here. So, that's going to be the. Unfortunately, some of the things are hard to copy and paste. So, essentially, your base endpoint is. I'll paste it into the chat here in a second. But it's HTTPS, WA test. So, this will be the test environment that leaf data systems.com api v v1 and so that's basically just the api the base URL of the test API. Okay, so... So I think you would essentially just make a... a so, so say you wanted to get users, you would just So you would do that, but you're going to need some sort of authentication. So, so we, we got a little ahead of ourselves. So let's go back. Actually, a better resource may be Uh, here we go.
So these are essentially the headers you want. Um, so the way you you, know, you you pass authentication and request, I'm sure you I'm sure you know, but part of me is just speaking to a general audience here, so bear with me since I'm sure you know. But you know you pass you pass in some some headers here. And th th this is basically going to be a dictionary where you would pass in your API key. And so this may be pro this is programming language specific here. So you, the way you pass your headers will slight will vary slightly depending on your approach. Yeah. But these are essentially the the fields that you would want. So you want X, MJF. So that's um, MJ Freeway, which is the original name of of a Kerna, which is the the parent company of you know leaf data systems which is the traceability system you know in Washington state so so you hear people use a lot of terminology so that you may you know hear people in Washington call this MJ freeway you may hear them call it leaf data systems. You may just hear them refer to it as traceability. Got it. So yeah, I've heard MJ Freeway. Yep. Exactly. And so. Okay. And so, and and then so you get your. So you're going to need to get your API key. And this is actually, you know, one of the, the easier parts. So once, so you'll apply to become a software integrator. And then they'll give you access to the environment. Can you go back up to that list? I think I may have already applied for that. Hold on a second. Um. Guess not. I can software is not on the list. Okay. Well, <laughs> and you know, how, uh, they may just not have updated their list, so it could be worth <laughs> shooting them an email. Um, but in the the API system, I believe you can. So you'll have to get your API key from within the system itself. I'm sure there, you'll have to go to like settings or something like that, user profile and find your API key. Okay. And then the, the MME code is a little tricky here. So 
So, in fact, the the MMEs are essentially their own endpoint. So, one thing you will actually want to you know familiarize yourself with, because this is going to be useful, is you're gonna want you're gonna want to hit this MMEs endpoint here. And so, so let's just do like a quick mock of, of what this would look like. Okay, so you've got your base. Coincidentally, you're going to have to already know your company's MME ID. And so the way you would essentially go about that is there is a user interface to the Leaf Data Systems API. So what I would recommend is essentially just using the user interface, finding... Yeah, finding your MME ID or even, yeah. So, so that's the tricky part, the the chicken and the egg. So you need to, so you essentially, so that's what I would recommend. Use the user interface, get that first MME ID. And then yeah, essentially. We would have the client look that up for themselves, right? And enter it in store it in a, in a table somewhere that we could reference it um, going forward. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. Well, exactly. So if you're coming at it from a business point of view, so you're basically going to need your client to enter in their API key and right. and their MME code in your system. And, yep. Yep. and so if you look here, the MME code is the global ID in this response. Oh, it's not the ID, it's the global ID. Okay, okay. Exactly. And this is different than their license number. So <laughs> their license number will actually be down here in bio license number. And it may or may not have an, an alphanumeric, it may, may or not, may, it may or may not be alphanumeric. So it may have, for example, an M in front of the number if they're a manufacturer or an R if they're a retailer. Gotcha. Okay. But essentially, this is a little bit of point of a confusion because you'll need this MME code as you're going through the various work as you're going through the workflow. So for different endpoints, you may need that ID and it's not the end of the world, but it's just, you know, you just have to either have this saved in your database or, you know, hit the MME's endpoint and get the global ID. Because, for example, it may be used when you're transferring products from 
you know, from one one company to the next. Okay, so so essentially we've got that. You'll you may even end up create creating your users yeah. in the yeah. the user interface. Um, so that they may or may not exist, but you can also make them programmatically. And did so you, that, did you have a did you have a um, or do they provide in their documentation example of submitting a, a user ID uh, create type function? Or is it just look up with get? Actually, like, I'm I'm thinking. You know, I I want to say there is there should be a post ability, but it's not in the document. It's yeah, not. It's So I'm wondering if the users may have to be created through the user interface. So that is a that is a possibility because there are. But, but you've got to have some ability to post um, for every transaction for every uh, lot, right? The lot number or the lot ID has to be assigned by the state, so we have to be able to. Um, as we're creating lots, uh, or as we're creating even areas, right? The areas are user defined. Um, there's got to be a way to do a post on on this to say, "Give me an ID for this area that I'm going to call, you know, Flower Room One," right? Um, I mean, that's what APIs have. They have gets and they have posts. Um, so it, it seems crazy to me that they're not providing that. Um... Well, let's see. Well, they have a create. Okay. There's create. Yeah. So... That's a good question. So that one, that's one that I may need to yeah, just try to discover an answer for you for next week. Because, okay. so, for example... Oh, there it is. Yeah, so the areas are created just, you know, your st the areas are one of your simpler objects, really. So, you know, you're just doing, you know, once again, so, well... So the areas will be a post. So like you, you know, like you said. And then, you know, base plus areas. And then I want to say you can just pass, you know, data. Yeah, the only thing that in my mind that I'm thinking there needs to be does the authentication in the first part where you do the base and then you do the headers equal, does that essentially accomplish the authentication so it knows which licensee is creating the area? 
right? So I guess exactly because okay. you're only your data that you're yeah the data you're passing in there you're essentially just passing it a dick you know an um, an object here you know right. that just area and it's actually a list of areas where you know you could you know create one after the other you can do one or one post and give them all your areas exactly so that way you can right. you know you can populate you know you can populate the whole you know the whole facility in, in one shot um, time simply because it would be on the save um, of the area um, within Acumatica. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And, and that was my sort of comment is I would take yeah increased functionality ver I mean increased like fields and endpoints over a you know necessarily being able to do multiple, multiple areas at a time. But you know, yeah. you, you uh, yeah. From a code standpoint, it just makes sense to do it one each one, have a, a post for each one. But nonetheless, um, I was even maybe telling someone the other day that I, I'm a, a glass half full type of person, and there's a lot of complaints about you know the Washington State traceability system. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, you just have to use what you're given. And, you know, make, you know, if you have lemons, you know, try to make lemonade. So it's like, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, you can still interact with it programmatically. So that's the important part. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, In a perfect world, we'd be like Canada, um, where they don't require you to uh, use as extensive of a... Uh, system. In fact, I don't even know if they have an API that you have to comply with in Canada with, with Tilray. Um, they, they approached it from the standpoint of, you take care of the tracking, but when we come in and audit you, if anything, if we go to a room and compare it to what the your tracking system says and it's different, you lose your license. <laughs> um, and I kind of appreciate that because, you know, if you have a good if you have a good system, um, you it's a lot easier to you know implement manufacturing and ERP and um, with cannabis up in Canada because of that, right? I mean, you don't have to make an API call for everything that you save, um, you know, all these different records, right? You just have to prove that you have traceability within your own system, and there's a big hammer if you don't, <laughs> you know. Um, Nobody wants to lose a lot. Tilray doesn't want to lose their license to operate in Canada, right? So, well, that that's a that's a real interesting perspective, um, because you're right. Because you know they still sort of have, um, uh, you know, the panopticon where you know you don't know when you're going to get inspected. Yeah, um, right. it's and, like the IRS, right? It 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 is kind of a hey, we're going to trust you to. You know, first you got to prove you have a system right before you can get a license up there. Um, so we had to prove that we had traceability with the financial system. Um, 
But once you prove it and you get your license, then they just do, you know, occasional checks. Um, and it's that, you know, fear in our, in our heads of that occasional check uh, being catastrophic, right? That's why we have insurance, right? We're, we want to make sure we don't lose everything. Um, and so it, it certainly makes implementing cannabis, you know, for companies in business software significantly easier up there. Yeah, and- but said it is what it is in the state of washington yeah. right well, um, you, you got you got to deal with what you got and well, because we have kind of a screwy country where every state is different um and every state potentially has a different api uh you got to work with that too so but um, yeah my perspective is you know, so there's a point of contention in Washington because the state views it as, oh, you know, this is for traceability, you know, just to, you know, make sure that, you know, nothing's going out of the system. But, you know, some people rely on it as sort of like an inventory management system. And, you know, your inventory is there, but it's not really, you know, managing anything. Um, right. So, so, you know. Most, most of them are using QuickBooks. Using the state API for their tracking of inventory. <laughs> exactly. So, I kind of approached it as you know, you run the business first, and then make sure that you're compliant with traceability second. Just you know, just so you're not you know building your business too much off of you know, too solely. Uh, because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get stuck in some of the paradigms that they've necessarily chosen for their system. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it seems I don't actually know too much about metric, but it seems that it seems maybe it's slightly more features, um, and it seems that people are maybe relying on it as an inventory management system. Where that's what I've heard. I've heard it's much better, uh, but, not only to integrate with, you know, from a standpoint of development, but um, also, and I think documentation is better on the metric system as opposed to MJ Freeway. But, yeah. I think MJ Freeway kind of has their own ERP software that they're um, allowing people to use, and, and that's probably what you mean by them tracking the inventory and in uh in the api is they offer uh kind of a web erp system as it as it uh or a financial system and a, and a warehouse system and a manufacturing system but, kind of all within their software that you pay for to to use but, so i think you're right but it's still same thing even if it's made more features i would still be hesitant to you know build my business or software entirely based on their paradigm because you know everybody wants to do things differently um so yeah. um, what do you think the odds are sense. that Washington stays with uh, mj freeway um it's a, a good question um I, I don't have my ear quite to the ground these days but I don't, I don't know. There was, it seemed for a second that they may be looking into alternatives, but I don't know. It seems – so my personal perspective is it does seem like there's a lot of complaints and you know some of them may be legitimate. But at the end of the day, it, at least it's a system. Um, so I think 
really like realistically the alternative would be like going back to like excel workbooks and things like that which you don't think they'd ever got a metric i don't um i actually don't know enough about that so but but for some reason just what from what i've gathered maybe it's too expensive or i'm not sure if that's Uh, maybe it's it just doesn't seem like they were really considering that um but like I said, I don't really have that much of a, you know, I'm not, I would love to be a fly on the wall sometimes uh, in some of those uh, <laughs> yeah. meetings. Um, but, okay. But, Can you show us a little more of the, the Postman interface that kind of caught yeah. my eye, my yeah. interest? Yeah, so, so here, why don't I kind of just show you a bit of this and then... For next week, I'll have some of this up and running, so that way we could we could actually do some some mock create areas. And since it's a a, a mock, we could uh, create post requests for the users, uh, whether the actual system has that or not. Okay, um, cool. But but I don't. I was actually recommended this by. Um, by people I work with, they use uh-huh. they use Postman for for essentially you know essentially just developing APIs. So when you're building an API and you need to test it, and you just want to you know hit your endpoints, you know this is just you know essentially um, you know I've created an account here just today. But it looks like you can, you know, make requests. Um, so let's see. So create a request. So let's see if here in two minutes we can't figure this thing out real quick. So, okay. uh, so I think, yeah, you can basic. So let's do the, the pesticides one just because that was... You know, a pretty simple endpoint to, you know, just to see if it works. I think you can basically, yeah. So, oh, nice, and it'll prettify it for you. So, nice. so you know, so you'll need to, you know, go to postman.com, create an account, and then I, from the dashboard, I can maybe type up some instructions for you, but can you can you chop uh, select the post off instead of get on that? Uh... Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so the so this is a pretty rich tool. Like I said, I haven't. Uh, I still need to explore it yet because, like I said, um, yeah. I the, bet if you if you looked at the documentation. Um, like if there, if we were looking at the one for the state of Washington on the uh, users um, or the areas, I bet you you have to type in manually the key, the parameter keys, um, based off the documentation manual. But then, um, yeah, you should be able to. Yeah, so essentially, uh, where did I have this guide? Yeah, so you know, essentially. Tab, so you probably 
are able to put in the authentic the authorization information headers in there as well. So essentially, you know, you'd make your post and then so I wonder your key would be area. And then I wonder if there's any way to make this like a list. So maybe tricky using Postman. So I may need to figure out But so how about this? How about, yeah, for next week, I'll start playing around with this and yeah. we'll just mock some of these, some of these endpoints because they're relatively simple and they're giving us everything we need because, you know, in this guide, you basically have your request. Yeah. Your, the, whoops. You know, the, the. Yeah. We got to get going. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Here, I'll let you all get going. But essentially, that's that's the plan for next week is so today awesome. was just a, an intro. And then next week, we'll actually uh, jump in the deep end. So awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming, everyone. Okay, bye. <laughs> all right, see you next bye. week. Bye. Ooh, and Charles, I'll, yeah. I'll, why don't I, because like you said, I'm a little worried about that memory, um, so I don't want everything to crash while, um, <laughs> that was actually my fear is that everything was going to crash right when I try to read in that data set. So if you'd like, I can try to try to wrangle that and, and send it to you in a, a better format or more consumable way if if you would like. Yeah, that, that would be great. You know what it is? I can read it in and then you can chop off the, like that corrupted column. But then when I go to save it is when it crashes. Well, and say that one more time. It was the inventories and the, the inventories, I, the plants one the was plants. corrupted, but I was able to fix that. Okay. That one I was able to read in, chop off the extra column, and then save it. But inventories, you can read it in, it takes forever. And then I was able to chop off the column. Actually, there was two extra columns. I was able to chop those off, and then when I went to save them, then that's when it would crash. Hmm. Well, I'll I'll try to tackle that today for you and send you send it send you a. Either either my findings or some results. <laughs> okay, great. All right. I appreciate that. All right, Charles. Well, I've got a full uh, agenda today myself, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go myself. But it it's awesome. Uh, yeah, talking about cannabis data with you. So I'll I'll look if, look forward to to getting back at it next week with you. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'll see you next week. All right. I'll be in touch. <laughs>